Thank you for tuning into this week's message from Freedom Church CO in Woodland Park, Colorado. If you want to know more about us, you can visit freedomchurchco.com or follow us on social media at Freedom Church CO. You know, we read from Exodus 34:10 last week. I'm going to read this again. We're doing, uh, we're continuing limitless. The Lord replied, listen, I'm making a covenant with you in the presence of all your people. I will perform miracles. Do you believe this? The miracles are not done. Amen. As long as we're still here on this earth, right? I will perform miracles that have never been performed anywhere in all the earth or in any nation. And all the people around you will see the power of the Lord, the awesome power I will display and so last week, I, I uh, told you guys that on November 29th of 2015, God had spoken this to me, and I found this in my notes in my phone just doing a search. Uh, and he said, I am limitless through your yes. Do you guys remember that? Have you been saying yes over the last seven days? <laughs> it's quiet in this place. <laughs> oh, Wow. <laughs> Philippians 4.13, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. So please remember when you know it's God, regardless of how hard or difficult it might seem to be, he's given you the strength. He has given you everything you need. He's given you the strength, the power of the Holy Spirit to say yes. Even when you can't say yes in the natural, we have the power to say yes. Whatever it is, do you believe that? You, you have it. So when you're, when you're staring fear in the face and it looks impossible, it's too big, whatever it is, Lord, help me say yes. That's a good prayer. He will help you say yes. So on the 16th, what is today, the 19th? So on the 16th, I wake up at 20 after one in the morning and, I, and I, I, I keep hearing this over and over. And I'm thinking, I, I, didn't, I don't think I thought this up. I was asleep unless I was dreaming. I don't know. But this is what I heard. I believe God was speaking. He is limitless through our yes, but he is being limited through us being unthankful. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I heard an amen. <laughs> Babe, I just have to say they're distracted by your suit. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah, okay. All right, so. I had to get that plug in there. My, my wife is so beautiful. I always make her look bad. So I thought, I'm, I'm going to get a suit and see if I can, see if I can help here. So, yeah. All right, sorry. You might so, want to make that point again. I'm, I'm telling you, it. If, if you're not paying attention, it is so easy at times to be unthankful. Yeah. And for those of you that are married, ask your spouse if you're thankful or unthankful. They'll, they'll help you in this. <laughs> for those of you that aren't, you've got good friends. You, you know, I'm being serious here. You, ask somebody that you can confide in, somebody that you have a relationship with, somebody that will be honest with you and be humble and ask them, hey, am, am I a thankful person? 
and let them speak into your life. Because I'm telling you, if you're not, there's no condemnation. But if you need to work on this, and we probably all do in some areas, if you need to work on this, please be willing to do what you need to do to become thankful no matter where you're at. I'm not saying be thankful for some horrible circumstance in your life, but be thankful knowing that God is with you. He's going to take you through it. He's going to split the sea. He's going to dry ground, whatever it is that you need. But we've got to be thankful. Amen. I'm going to read. So I, I finished the Bible a month ago or so, and I started back over in Genesis. And I want to read uh, from chapter 40, verses 14 and 15. And please remember me and do me a favor when things go well for you. You guys know who this is? This is Joseph, right? Mention me to Pharaoh so he might let me out of this place. Verse 15. Now you talk about a person that had some things done wrong to him. I mean, he literally, he was innocent of everything he was accused of and anything that happened to him. He didn't deserve it. I said it, Genesis 40, 14 and 15. Verse 15, for I was kidnapped from my homeland. So I want to help you be thankful here. Have you ever been kidnapped? So you got something to be thankful for, right? Thank you, God. I've heard of this happening to people. For I was kidnapped from my homeland, the land of the Hebrews, and now I'm here in prison, but I did nothing to deserve it. He's in prison and did nothing to deserve it. Now I want to go to verse 23. Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, and this is who Joseph is speaking to, however, forgot all about Joseph, never giving him another thought. And man, that there's times I'm reading this, it makes me cry because I'm thinking, wow never giving him another thought. He interpreted your dream for you and it was exactly what happened. He asked you to mention him because he's in prison and does not deserve to be. And this guy's gonna see Pharaoh and he says nothing to him. This is one of the saddest things I've ever read. Every time I read this story, it bothers me. How could the chief cupbearer possibly forget about Joseph, especially after Joseph's interpretation of the dream that the chief baker had, he was killed. So if you guys know the story, one was told he was going to be impaled and this guy was going to be set free, right? And this happened. I believe he was unthankful is why he said nothing. He was all about himself and his life and didn't care that Joseph was in prison. He was living the good life and never gave Joseph another thought. So, you know, I didn't even, I wasn't even planning on this being a series, but I was, I was reading through this story the other morning. I'm like, man, this, this will, this, I just believe this will fit. And God was showing me, I want you to share this. We've got to, we've, it is so important for us to be thankful and, and keep our focus on God. And if you're going through something difficult, being thankful is gonna help to change those things. It's gonna help you. When we're being thankful, we can hear clearly from God. 
when we're being unthankful, ungrateful, when we are just ticked off about life, man, I think, to, I think that God could be speaking to us in an audible voice and we wouldn't even hear it. You want to share that part? Okay. You would have thought that the chief cupbearer would have been so grateful after seeing the chief baker impaled that he would have remembered Joseph. The truth is this. Joseph shouldn't even have had to ask that of him. The chief cupbearer should have been so excited that he was announcing to the world what Joseph did. Do you agree with that? A couple of you? All right. I guarantee if you were the one in prison, man, you'd be agreeing with this. He should have said something. (laughs) If the chief cupbearer doesn't humble himself and say that he forgot to tell about Joseph interpreting his dream, then he had then he and millions of others are going to starve to death. That is what is taking place. There's fixing to be Joseph has prophesied this. There's gonna be seven years of plenty, there's gonna be seven years of famine. The chief cupbearer might have done this out of fear because he was seeing the famine in the land. So even if, even if you are humbled because you get afraid and you become thankful and you do what you need to do, praise God, just do it, whatever it takes. Sometimes, sometimes before we will do what we need to do, we got to get back in a corner sometimes where we're little, literally, our hands are in there, God help might have should have prayed that prayer a year previous to that but whatever it takes thank god right i always say this help one word prayer it is one of the best prayers that you can pray <laughs> regardless of what it took he humbled himself you might find yourself in a funny situation in life that was unforeseen because of your pride ouch i've been there I'm not teaching this because I got this all figured out, I promise. See, this is what I say. The Lord gives me a message. It's always for me first, right? So I'm, man, I'm, I'm checking my heart. I'm checking. I'm thinking, okay, when I talk to this, all these different things, am I being thankful? Ultimately, Joseph was God's choice, and so are you, to help to save everyone. So this was going to be accomplished through Joseph no matter what. God wanted to save people. In other words, I would say that most of the time our humility isn't only about us. Jesus being willing to die on the cross was the ultimate, right? And, and it wasn't about him. He did, Jesus did nothing wrong to deserve his death, but he did it for us. The, the, the king of kings came to this earth in a physical body, and died the worst death. It wasn't about him, it was about you guys, it was about me. That is the ultimate in humility. And he's so thankful for every one of you that have said yes to him, that have made him your Lord and your savior. He is so thankful. It was all about all of humanity have an opportunity to be born again by believing Jesus is the Savior of the world. As unfair as this was for Joseph to have to spend two more years. So, so this guy doesn't say anything. Joseph gets to spend two more years in prison. But how many of you know God's not surprised by this, right? 
As an innocent man, God wasn't surprised the cupbearer wasn't going to remember to mention him to Pharaoh. So what does God do? He makes his plan work around other people's mistakes. God will make his plan work even through other people's mistakes. Are you being thankful? Are you, are you hearing from God? Because we have our part in that. Yes, okay, so somebody's doing whatever it is they're doing, trying to mess this thing up. And we gotta be hearing from God and not focused on, on what they're doing or haven't done. Because that's that can draw our attention off of God. Yes, Joseph had to spend two more years there, but he was over all the other prisoners. So even though, I mean, I would not want to spend two years in prison, but but I guarantee he had the spot you would want if you were going to have to do it. He wasn't he 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 wasn't having bad things done to him. He was being fed. He was in charge. He was doing good things. Okay, so let, we're talking about Joseph. Um, if, if all, how many of you here would raise your hand and say you know the whole story of Joseph and the coat of many colors and what happened to him with his brothers and he was his father's favorite? Let me see your hands one more time, just big old hands. Okay, so I think that's everyone. I just want to make sure that we're not talking about some guy and you guys are like, his Joseph. So anyway, um, so Joseph literally comes from this big family and all these brothers, it starts off where, um, you know, he's just one of, I don't know, what was it, seven? I don't know. But all of these brothers, and I think, no, he wasn't the youngest, but he was his father's favorite. And what happened in this is the brothers didn't like him too much because dad gave him a little extra special attention, sewed up a nice little pretty coat for him <laughs> that nobody else got. And then he starts having these dreams and visions of what his future holds. And Joseph being young and just a little bit, you know, hadn't lived much life yet, starts bragging to all of his older brothers and parents and everything about all these dreams that God is showing him. And there's a little teeny aspect in there about everybody in the family bowing to him. And so they weren't real happy with him, okay? So, so here he is trucking along in life and the brothers are like, we hate this guy. What can we do? Like straight up. So the, pl the plan was already in action in their hearts, okay? So fast forward, they throw him into, well, they first were gonna kill him and thank God for one of the other brothers is like, man, no, let's not kill him. Like that's extreme. Let's just throw him into this really far deep black pit where he might break all his bones on the way down and maybe an animal will get to him, but don't kill him. So they do, they throw him into this pit. Overnight, they go home and tell dad, well, your favorite son is dead. Look, and they, they faked this little, um, his coat, right? So it had blood on it. They take it home. Dad is devastated, heartbroken. They go back and now they've lied so much that now it's not like they could even, I bet one of the brothers was like, man, we, we messed up, man. We got to tell dad. He's not dead. And the other brothers are like, it's too, too far gone. We can't, there's no recovering from this. We just got to keep plowing forward. So they go back to the pit. They take him out of it and they say, well, what are we going to do with him? I mean, he's still alive. So they sell him off to the highest bidder. And that's how he ends up here in Egypt in Pharaoh's house. He was literally put on a slave block for people to come by and look at him in order to see if they wanted to purchase him or not. 
Thank God in his grace and mercy because of the call on Joseph, Joseph's life, Pharaoh purchases him and he's trucking along again. And because of the fact that Joseph was a righteous man, he loved God, he prayed, he served God in his heart, he kept a thankful heart and attitude throughout all these hardships that had happened to him. Because of that, I mean, how many of us could have said Joseph was a victim through all that? Let me see your hands. Was Joseph a victim in all that? But do you think Joseph saw himself as a victim in all that? I don't think so. You know why? Because even though he was thrown in that pit, he was sold to Pharaoh, he's serving in Pharaoh's house. For some reason, everything he did succeeded. Everything like Pharaoh was blown away by this guy, so much so that he entrusted him to the entire household. I mean, like, you know, all the silverware, <laughs> all of the riches, I mean, everything in the home, Joseph had access to and was taking care of and oversight of it. And, the, and, and he, I guarantee you, Joseph was so thankful because what could his life have been, right? Now, how many of us might have found ourselves in that situation and still was whining and crying every night, going to bed, crying because he wasn't with mommy and daddy and because he, his brothers sold him and how unfair was that and he did nothing wrong and how dare they? I think Joseph went to bed every night saying, Father, thank you. Thank you for where I live. Thank you for these relationships that I have right now. Thank you for favor on my life. I mean, I'm not where I want to be, but man, it could be so much worse. Here's what we're talking about tonight. Like, and it gets even worse. That's where Joe went on to talk about how Pharaoh's wife thought he was pretty good looking. You know, he must have been wearing a blue suit like this with nice brown shoes. And he walked in one day and Pharaoh's wife was like, what? And so literally, she's like, I, I like this guy. And basically everything in the kingdom is mine, including this guy, because he's just a slave. So she decides she's going to have him. And because of Joseph's walk with God, he knew there was no way he was going to cross that line with another man's wife. So much so that she tried grabbing that blue suit off of him. <laughs> and he did a quick little spin right out of that jacket and ran. And so she's got the jacket and her hand she goes running to her husband because she's all embarrassed and rejected and whatever else she felt you know she goes to her husband and is like this guy tried to attack me what are you going to do about it well of course you know he's not going to believe joseph the slave even though if you go on to read in genesis 40 actually they did really were suspicious about her because they knew joseph's character they knew joseph's integrity they knew he walked with god but what were they going to do right so that's what landed joseph in jail but then guess what happened while he was in jail he's in jail and he could have, was he a victim, you guys? Was he a victim? Was he accused wrongfully? He lands in jail. He literally could have went to that jail cell and just cried. I mean, just bawled his eyes out. This is unfair. I didn't do it. I was accused wrongfully. There's not an ounce of truth to it. And who's going to believe me? But I don't think he did that. I think, amen, he lands in jail. And I think instead of going and laying down on his bed and crying tears, he got on his knees and lifted his hands and said, Father God, you've given me favor so far. 
You've blessed my life so far. You've protected me and watched over me this far. I know you'll do it again. And I, be, I believe he began to thank God for his goodness and watching over him. And then, so these, so these prisoners along with him, the baker and what, the candlestick maker? I don't know. So then they, they like have these dreams and they can't interpret them and they're pretty like intense. So they go to Joseph. I'm just kind of bringing you guys up to speed, Tessa style. So they, they tell him about these dreams and Joseph's like... I, God can interpret that. There's a meaning to that. And one of them, the first one was, hey, you're going to get released from here. All of your authority is going to get restored. Life's going to be good. And Joseph said, but hey, you know, when that happens, will you remember me? Check this out. Now, this is a real test of how thankful we are or if we still hold on to a victim mentality in life. When that baker? Was it the baker or the candlestick maker first? <laughs> so the baker gets, gets free, just like Joseph interpreted his dream, and, and he's restored to all of his authority and everything. Never gave Joseph another thought, the word said. How many of you would have been like, what? Man, I'm the only reason he's up there. I'm down here in this cell and I've been wrongfully accused and had I not told him what that dream meant and, and he had, you know, took those steps to, for that to happen, you know, it, he owes me his life basically. But no, the guy never even gave him another thought, the Bible said. So Joseph once again gets on his knees and is like, I trust you, Lord. I trust you. I'm not going to get bitter. I'm not going to throw a fit, cross my arms in my cell and be like, I ain't moving. So he did so well in, his, in the prison that he got uh, promoted to running the jail. He's running the whole prison. Everybody down there is like, this dude is amazing. So here he is running the prison. Then the candlestick maker's dream comes along. Is he really a candlestick maker? Why do I have that in my head? Okay, it sounds better. The baker and the candlestick maker. So the cupbearer. The cupbearer is like, I had this crazy dream too. <laughs> I had this crazy dream and it's really scary. And he tells him the dream and Joseph's like, you're going to die. Like, it's going to be bad. And this guy's like, he didn't like the meaning of that dream, but sure enough. And Joseph even said, hey, when this all starts to unfold, will you tell them about me that I, like, I told, I knew, I hear from God. Like, this is my ministry. I don't belong down here. <laughs> The dude gets up with the king, and the king says, you're going to die. You're going to be impaled. It's going to be bad. The guy never gave him a second thought. At that point, again, Joseph could have been like, it's over for me. I mean, like, it's over. I've, I've done everything God's shown me to do. What was it you said, babe? That God can cause his plan to unfold and come to pass in the middle of everybody else around you doing it wrong, making mistakes all over the place, forgetting you even exist, not listening to God when God's saying, hey, I want you to promote that one. Hey, I want you to give this person this. Hey, I want you, let me give you a real life example. I'm so sorry. Last week he took the stage. So, so listen. <laughs> So I'm going to give you a real live example of that. So I was probably 20 years old. I was working at a church as a youth pastor, just making ends meet. My car starts breaking down. The alternator went out. How many of you know when the alternator goes out, the car's done? So I'm praying and I'm like, Lord, I need a vehicle. I got to have something reliable. Fast forward like 
for six months, I was like shopping for a car and, you know, uh, hitching rides with people, which is miserable. <laughs> you know, everybody's like, eh, Tessa needs a ride. So I'm like, believe in God for this vehicle. And I, I'm this close. My dad goes with me. We go look at a vehicle and it's like way more than I really should spend. But it was, it was a RAV4. How many of you guys remember RAV4s? Totally cheesy, but I thought it was cool. I was 20. So my dad's like, okay, you could afford the payment, but it was going to be like, you know, lots of thousands of dollars that I didn't have as a 20 year old to go into debt. But I was like, I really, I had a desire in my heart for an SUV. So I'm about to sign the dotted line. I kid you not, you guys. I'm like ready to sign the papers and I have zero peace. And I'm like, oh, I feel so bad. You know, there's the salesperson breathing down my neck and my dad's like, you can do it, honey. And I'm literally like, I, I don't feel right about this. And you know how you feel kind of dumb when a salesperson's done a lot of work to make something happen. And like, here's all the papers. I've taken 45 minutes with your life. And I was like, I can't do it. And I felt weird. And I just walked out of there feeling weird. I get a phone call in a week. I'm not exaggerating. There was a guy, a businessman in our church. And do you know what he told me? He gives me a call. And he says, six months ago, six months ago, God spoke to me to give you this $30,000 Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer as a gift. And I just fought it for a while. And I thought, is this really God? And, you know, can I do it? Six months prior to all the, you know, hitching rides with everybody being a burden, going and shopping for vehicles. If that guy would have just listened to the Lord six months prior and been like, yeah, the Lord's somebody, uh, do you need a vehicle? I would have been like, yes, that's mine. But he ended up giving me that vehicle as a gift that day. So my point is, right? So when literally what God can do in your life, no matter what anybody else chooses to do around you, he will find a way. If somebody's not going to listen, he'll find somebody else that will. If someone's not going to obey him, he'll go a different route. Because see, other people's uh, obedience or disobedience might affect the timing of things possibly, might even cause you a little hardship, but ultimately... God says that a man plans his ways, but, but God Amen. will, what is it? Yeah, a man will, will order his steps, but God is the one who is in charge of the right. plans. He's going to ensure that if he chose for you to rise to the top in any situation, in any business, in any uh, relationship, uh, whatever it is, God will do it. If you don't just lay down and act like the victim, start whining and crying and become ungrateful. Amen. It's all about staying thankful. When you are Woo. thankful for where you are and what God is doing, people are going to notice. Yep. And God will make sure of that. If you are ungrateful, people will also notice that. <laughs> and God will also be sure of that. I believe that. Not to punish you, but to try to help you to mature. There are certain areas of growth we will need to have before God can promote us in whatever area that it is. We're all, we're all growing. I've been in the church for almost 26 years reading the scriptures. Man, I'm still, I still have areas I'm still maturing. It's a, it's a lifelong process. 
we're, we're always getting new revelation of a verse. Maybe you've read it a hundred times and all of a sudden God speaks something to you. It's like, wow, it's, it's just a constant thing. God doesn't want to punish you. He wants to help you mature. There's certain areas of growth we'll need. If you believe that right now you are where God wants you, why would you be unthankful? The years I've been in the church, I, nobody in this place, but I've seen so many people that are unthankful, constantly unthankful. And I just don't understand it. We, we've just got to be thankful. And, and God will, I, I can, he will see to it that we are, they, we are continually being blessed. Do, do you guys believe that? Okay. That's it. Being unthankful, it's for the person next to you. It's a huge sign of immaturity. It really is. Spiritually, we got to grow up. And until you make some corrections with God's help, you're going to be there for a while. <laughs> Again, he, you know, <laughs> I'm just trying to help you. We ha always have to remember that we're representing God by the way we live and the words we speak. It's so important that we are representing him properly. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Man, people are watching us. You t they find out you're a Christian. They're watching you even when you don't know it. Are you, are you living up to what the word says? The, are you living the life that God wants you to live? Or, or is that happening in church and then when nobody's looking, it's, you're living another way? So good. Just like Joseph was doing in his life, regardless of his negative circumstances, I believe we always, he was always thankful knowing that God was with him. Yes. You know, has, I'm going to test you here. I'll see if you're in pride or thankful. Has, has anyone like Tessa, you know, this guy gave her a vehicle. You didn't say no, did you? No, I said, yes, thank you. But Please. there are some Please people, and it could, for me, it was the way that I was brought up. My dad taught me, man, you don't take anything from anybody. You work hard, which we should work hard. But I was taught from a young age, growing up, from somebody I thought I could trust, you don't take anything from anyone. And then when I gave my life to Christ and I got in the church and people trying to give me stuff, man, I wouldn't take it. That was a sign of immaturity. I had no understanding of this. And then as I began reading scriptures and God brought people around me, to say, hey, I'm trying to give this to you. Ultimately, this is God, and you need to take this. I've, I've given things to people before. I, I don't give anything to anybody. I, when Okay, I'll say it this way. When God is telling me to give something to somebody, I hope I always obey. I believe I do. But I'm not doing it to uh, feel good about myself or, or to make some kind of a crazy impression on them. I'm trying to help them for whatever reason. Maybe I don't even know why God's telling me to do it, but I know this, I'm planting seed that I'm gonna get a harvest from and I'm living that life now and it just gets better. And, and so when, I'm saying this for one reason only, 
because it fits really well, well here. I gave someone a check earlier and the first thing they said was, thank you. And I'm, I'm, I think that God is waiting to see if somebody's going to say thank you. And that's, that's a sign of maturity. It's also, I believe, uh, you know, I'm the pastor of this church, but, but this person knows that I believe this. I'm not any better than they are. But when you say thank you, it's kind of, a, kind of an honor thing also. And, 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 and then you're just receiving. And it, so if you are struggling with receiving, when somebody's trying to bless you and in your pride, you're not gonna take it, you basically, you're, we're telling God no. And God's up there going, you've been praying for this. I'm trying to give it to you, take it. Am I helping somebody here? Yes. <laughs> I've heard somebody say this before. I'm not trying to hurt your pride. I'm trying to kill it. And we all need to die to it. We all need to die to our pride. We need to say no. We need to say no. There's been other times I've given something to somebody. And it's, it's like a slap in the face. They say nothing back. But I know this. I've, I do not ever allow myself to get upset in strife or angry at that person. Because I know this. God told me to give it to them. They didn't say thank you. But I still put that seed in the ground. And I'm going to reap a huge harvest off of it. Be thankful. Say thank you. Receive it with joy. And I guarantee you, when, when you begin doing that, there's more and more and more is just gonna continue coming. If you, if you are not grateful, if you're not thankful, if you can't even say thank you, why is God gonna continue blessing you? He wants to, yeah. but he needs you to mature in that area. Come on. And again, for the rest of your life, once, once you grow up in that area, there's going to be another one. <laughs> There's going to be another one. But I'll tell you what, if God is speaking to you about a specific area in your life, he's just trying to help you. So he's good. just trying to get you to grow up. He's trying to make life better for you. So good. You know, I think another word that could be attached to being unthankful or maybe not just, you know, saying thank you when someone gives you some, or a person that even is, you know. Um, well, I was thinking about the word entitled. <laughs> How many of you have heard that word before? Somebody that thinks they're entitled. Do you know that I think more than just the person having an attitude or an air about them of entitlement, do you know I do think that actually comes from a victim mentality first? I think the only reason anybody is ungrateful, unthankful, feels entitled is because at some point they were victimized. Mm. And in that situation or that scenario or whatever it was that they felt like they were ripped off, they were neglected, they were abused, they were un treated unjustly, then down the road when somebody actually values them and wants to bless and give and sow into them, instead of seeing that as a blessing from God and saying, wow, thank you. You know what happens instead is this wall comes up and you, well, yeah, I mean, I was mistreated, so I deserve that. Ugh. Or I earned that. 
I think either one of those attitudes could creep in. And that's why it might be hard to just say, man, thank you. I'll tell you oh, what we blessed. all deserved. It was hell. All of us. And, Jesus, and so I believe that one of the reasons that this is such a life lesson, a maturity for all of us to walk through, to learn how to stay thankful in the midst of any circumstances we find ourselves in, is because God is so much more interested in the success of our journey than our final destination. There are places he's, he's going to take you and wants to take you and wants to promote you and wants to place you that if you keep that victim mentality, if you keep that entitlement attitude, if you keep that spirit of just being ungrateful and unthankful for all the good gifts that God has placed in your life, if he promotes you, it's unfair to you. He loves you more than that it could destroy you. You could end up getting into such pride that pride comes before a fall. fall. That's right. He loves you. So, so again, um, you know, we're talking about limitless and how God is, um, he can do limitless things with our yes. I also believe, like Pastor Joe said, he is limitless when we keep an attitude of gratitude and a heart of thankfulness where it's easy, first of all, to thank him for the breath in our lungs that when we open our eyes in the morning, we have the gift of another day that we're not, you know, living in some grass hut somewhere in the dirt. I mean, some people, I mean, literally we have so much to be grateful for and thankful for in this free nation. Amen. Let so him develop that in you so that he can take you ultimately where he's designed. Amen. Thank you for listening. If this message blessed you, please subscribe and share this with a friend. You can tune back in next week for another great message from Freedom Church.